0: Welcome to the Unsweetened SIO podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsio.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 15, wow, of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. So exciting that I'm at episode 15. I find that I'm really, really enjoying doing the podcast and I'm excited to keep going forward with it. But anyway, it's the day after Easter, so happy belated Easter to everyone. I hope you had a really great holiday with your family and friends. Uh, we were supposed to go to the beach, but due to everyone being sick except for me, both of my kids and husband were sick at some point last week, plus some um, issues with the unit Next to ours, where we go to the beach, we decided just to to stay home and kind of have a more relaxing weekend, which I think was good, but I was bummed to not get to go to the beach because I love the beach so much. I also attended a um, workshop, though, with Dr. Stanzie, who I interviewed a few episodes ago about her energetic alignment work. And it was really, really amazing. I am so glad that I went and so glad that she came through Portland. Um, her name, again, is Stanzie Langtree. And if you look back to a prior episode, I have her contact information there in case you want to check it out because she's on her world tour right now Um, so you might be able to check her out in a city near you it's really really worth it and just felt really really amazing so that was definitely my highlight of the weekend Um, but dealing with Two sick kids and a sick husband was very intense all week. Man, I am not the best caretaker sometimes, and it's really exhausting uh, taking care of other people. So I am just so glad. Fingers crossed. So far, I have not got sick, and last night I finally got a full eight hours of sleep without someone waking me up for something. So. That was really amazing, too. We've been really fortunate so far with the kids just really not getting sick very much. Um, I like to say it's because we don't allow them to have a lot of sugar, so their immune, little immune systems are, you know, fully functioning. But, man, this past week we kind of got a little bit of everything, some pink eye, a temperature, some throwing up coughing. I mean, it was like we were making up for a lost time all in one week or something. So, um, but everyone got recovered really quickly. And I do think that's because again, we try to, you know, limit the amount of sugar that we're eating. And, um, <clears throat> you know, my kids are pretty picky eaters and I, you know, we'll, as they get older kind of let them make more and more food decisions for themselves but because they're so picky now i'm still trying to limit you know how much sugar they're eating cuz i'm afraid if they start Eating that, they're really not going to want to eat anything else that's uh, you know healthier option for them. So anyway, it's been a really long, tough week. Um, I did not get a lot of sleep. I'm so fortunate that my kids sleep through the night and always have from an early age. So it really makes me realize when I'm not getting a full night's sleep how detrimental that can be. You know, I found myself kind of craving some food... Um, you know, or caffeine or just something like as a pick-me-up this past week just because I was so tired, you know, from not getting a very good night's sleep. So I think, you know, getting your sleep is super, super important, especially when you're, you know, off sugar and flour. I think that for me, I've noticed lack of sleep can trigger those cravings. So And, you know, being, I thought today I would talk about, since it was Easter, I would talk about, you know, how I've managed to be sugar and flour free and get through the holidays, you know. Um, Easter actually was really easy for me this year. I barely even thought about it, um, because we spent it alone. Our, our families were elsewhere. So we were alone. Um, it wasn't even like I had to worry about someone making a dessert or, um, you know, I, I was cooking, so I was kind of in control of that. And even for, you know, the Easter bunny goodies from, you know, that they brought the kids, We, it was just a lot of fun, you know, toys and um, like things like a jump rope and sidewalk chalk, you know, just kind of those little things. We didn't, you know, bring any candy stickers and stuff like that, but no candy in the Easter basket. So, you know, that wasn't tempting for me to have to buy and then have in the house. So this Easter was pretty uneventful for cravings. Um, once upon a time I did used to make these homemade chocolate peanut butter eggs. So I did think about those a little bit and thought, man, that would be really good right now. But again, it's just that telling myself, no, I don't do that anymore. And instead I'm looking forward, we're going to celebrate with our, families next weekend and since the kids and I dyed some Easter eggs I thought I would make deviled eggs out of those and you know that's like something that I don't make very often and that I really enjoy so I will look forward to having my deviled eggs instead of having you know my other sweet treats this Easter but I think holidays in general can be super challenging Um, especially in the beginning, you know, I think I've talked about this before, but I really believe that if you're going to give up sugar and flour, timing is so crucial. You know, it's not like there's ever the best time where you're not going to be, you know, facing stress or, you know, we, we just have daily stressors and unexpected things that come up. But for me, when I really started thinking about this in the fall of 2017, I was Starting a new job, and I knew, you know, starting a new job is not the best time to be then radically shifting my diet. And then I also was thinking about all the holidays, you know, of Halloween and then Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I just thought, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to get through all of these things and give up sugar and flour and stick to it. You know, I just knew I would be setting myself up for failure. So I decided to wait until after the holidays and of course picked January 1st and January 1st came and went and I was still eating, you know, everything that I could because I just wasn't quite ready yet. So I didn't actually go sugar and flour free until January 13th, 2018, so almost 2 weeks after my original date. So I totally get it, and it's, you know, um, it just took me a while to find that time that, okay, I'm finally ready, and knowing that starting in January, um, I wouldn't have any major holidays. Yes, you know, Valentine's Day, and, but, um I knew that Christmas would probably be the most difficult, and I would have almost a full year under my belt before having to deal with it. So that's why I picked January. My birthday also isn't until late July, and you know I knew having at least six months before celebrating my birthday, it would be easier not to have cake or anything like that. So I do think timing is really crucial when you want to embark on this journey and you know experiment with giving up sugar and flour make sure you set yourself up for success you know don't do it plan on starting you know during the day before Christmas or a extremely stressful event that you have coming up you know or things like moving getting married um You know, anything like that, that can be very, very stressful. Like for me, starting a new job, I just knew that wasn't the best timing for success. So um, anyway, so I think that holidays are really tricky. And even though for me so far, the hardest holiday by far was Christmas this year, And that was even after 12, almost a full 12 months of being sugar and flour free under my belt Um, because there were just so many triggers that were so ingrained that kept coming up. And it was just something I didn't even realize how strong these, you know, habits can be around food and holidays. And for me this year... I used to love those peanut butter Hershey Kiss cookies and I would probably, you know, make uh, you know, at least one batch of them and eat, you know, 95% of them myself and I would try to ration them out or give some away, but I just would make them and then not be able to stop myself from eating them all. You know, it was just that compulsion of knowing, okay, like I would eat four and be totally full, but just knowing that they were in the freezer or on the counter, wherever I had them, I, it just was compelled. Like I could not stop thinking about them until I finished, you know, the rest of them. And then it was like, okay, that's done. So, um, but that was just, you know, tradition always making, Christmas cookies growing up with my mom we made tons of different cookies the you know Hershey ones were always my favorite the peanut butter Hershey kiss ones and I remember you know even probably eating most of the cookies we all had growing up too Um, my mom would kind of have different places she kept them and I would just raid all of them until you know I got my heart's content of these Christmas cookies so This year, you know, I I did not make any Christmas cookies with the kids, but my mom asked if she could with them when they were staying in her house. And I said, you know, sure. I didn't really want them eating a lot of them, but they each, you know, tried them at least. But um, they had so much fun, you know, more making them. You know, that's just as much fun for some people as eating them. Not for me, but people that aren't addicted to sugar. And she sent me pictures and just seeing the pictures of the kids making them, um, really triggered me for these cookies. Like I had probably three or four pretty bad days of just really, really strong cravings for them. And, you know, again, it was just, I almost became completely unraveled because of this memory and, you know, of doing these for every single year, pretty much as far back as I can remember. Um, and that just being so ingrained with what Christmas was and just a part of my tradition that I had few, just really, really bad days and wasn't sure if I was going to be able to resist or not, um, I kept myself as busy as I could and tried to keep reminding myself, you know, no, I just don't do that anymore. But instead of my brain kind of shutting off then, these cravings kept coming. And I really hadn't experienced that in the last few months. You know, I'd finally gotten to this point where I wasn't constantly thinking about food or my next fix or, you know, If you just no longer had that mental stronghold over me that it used to, I wasn't constantly obsessing over it, but here all of a sudden I was again, and it made me realize how far I've come and made me pretty miserable to remember how terrible it is to feel like that, you know, where you just can't think of of other things. But I felt really, really glad that after, I'd say, like four days, the cravings did finally go away. You know, I've heard that cravings come and go. But when I was really eating a lot of sugar um, and addicted to it, I didn't find that the cravings would ever go away until I ate something. So I was really happy to see that the cravings in this case did pass. I mean, it took four days, but they did pass. And then I felt okay again, and then felt really proud of myself for getting through those four really tough days without going back, you know, to my bad habits. And I think the only thing, you know, I just kept telling myself, you've come so far. Like, I just didn't and felt so amazing I just knew that if I went down that rabbit hole there was probably no coming back or it would take me a really long time to come back and I just didn't want to go back to that really dark place that I caught a little glimpse of again of just the constant mental um, thoughts about you know eat this, eat this, or, oh, doesn't that sound good? You know, just the constant barrage barrage of thoughts and temptation and cravings. It was so nice to not feel that anymore. Um, So it made me realize just how far I've come and how much happier and more peaceful I am now without having sugar. So no matter how good it tastes at the moment, for me the repercussions aren't worth it. It's just it's just not worth it, you know. Um, I just know it would satisfy me maybe for a few minutes, probably not even that long, a few seconds, and then immediately, you know, it would feel terrible. Um, so during those four days that were really tough, I um, just really upped my self-care, you know. I took extra baths. Um, I had more quiet time to myself. I meditated, you know, I took walks. I just really tried to keep myself busy, but also kind of pamper myself as well and show myself some love in other ways that wasn't, you know, treat around treats or food. Uh, So I did get through it, but Christmas was by far the toughest holiday. I am just so glad that my first Christmas wasn't until I was almost, you know, a year through. I don't know if I would have been able to stay on the wagon had it been earlier, you know. Um, So I think for me, starting in January was really good. Uh, I do remember the first Valentine's Day being pretty tough. You know, Chris and I don't do ton, a ton for each other on Valentine's Day, but we might have a nice dinner and share like a really good box of chocolates. Near his work, there's this really amazing chocolate store. Um, and so we would, you know, he'd usually like pick up a box from there. So that was hard, you know, to just kind of stay clear of that. And I'm also lucky to work, where I work now is a really small office. There's only, on any given day, there's probably about four or five of us there. And that's different from a lot of the other places I've worked have been more corporate, big offices. And so on holidays, people are bringing in candy and cupcakes and treats, you know, especially like for Valentine's Day, I know in the past. Someone would always be bringing in like cookies or something. Um, So that would have been tough. But again, I'm lucky being in that smaller office. We don't really bring in any of that stuff. Everyone tries to eat pretty well. So we don't have those treats in the office. So that was also helpful um, to not be tempted, you know, that way. And it was, you know tough though just reminding myself no I don't do that I know I say that a lot but that simple I think having some kind of mantra that you just tell yourself when you start you know those thoughts of ooh, but just like one bite you know that would be so good or oh I just want to try this and it's reminding yourself nope I don't do that anymore and just shutting down your sugar gremlin as I call it sometimes you know that little gremlin that lives inside of you and is taunting you and trying to get you to eat all this junk food you just gotta shut it down and it does get easier you know um, with time but the first few holidays are going to be are going to be hard and I think it's important that you make sure, you know, number one that we already talked about is to make sure you set yourself up for success by planning, you know, to, to go off sugar and flour sometime during the year that's gonna be easiest for you. You know, it's never gonna be easy, easy, but a time that's gonna be, you know, a little less stressful. Um, And if Christmas is a holiday that you have a lot of traditions around and they involve, you know, sugary, flowery treats, find another start date. Um, Because you just want to set yourself up for success. Number two, I would say, is just make sure that you're always prepared. Um, if you are going to like a holiday party or something where you know there's gonna be temptations around, I always make sure that I eat before because a lot of times when you go to these types of parties, it's not necessarily for a meal. Um it's just usually sometimes it's like a potluck thing or just kind of appetizers and desserts and drinks. Um, So I just made sure that I'd eat beforehand or I would bring something that I knew that I could eat and not just anything, you know, I'd make sure it was something that I'd eat something beforehand or bring something that was really satisfying to me, you know, um, something that might even feel like a treat a little bit to me that. I don't, I didn't want to go hungry, but I also didn't want to go where I wasn't satisfied. You know, as I found out in being in Italy recently, it was a lot harder to say no to temptation when I wasn't a hundred percent satisfied and when I was hungry You know, once I was satiated and had a few good meals in me, yes, looking at some of those Italian treats made me think, ooh, that would be good, but it wasn't hard to say no because I was satisfied. So find whatever, you know, that might be for you. Um, I do eat, you know, I've talked about this before, tortilla chips and salsa and guacamole and popcorn. So, you know, even if it's bringing something like that, if you decide that's something that you can eat in moderation, um, cause to me that still felt like I wasn't being deprived. I still was kind of having this nice treat too. Um, you know, just something like that. I also really love sweet potatoes and that's something that's really satisfying to me so I might have a meal ahead of time that just includes some kind of sweet potato um, because it just feels really really satisfying and nurturing nurturing to me nourishing (laughs) to me to have a a sweet potato for some reason so you got to kind of find what it is what it is for you um I also will make like some vegetable dishes, you know, like I like to do Brussels sprouts and roast them with some olive oil garlic. Sometimes I'll even put like break up bacon and put bacon in there or pecans, so something that's kind of um seems really like savory too um again just helping me feel like I'm not being deprived I'm still being like I'm still satisfied with what I'm eating because if you're just going to like go and have like a salad ahead of time or bring a salad and eat a salad that's kind of boring and for me you know I've said this a million times too salad typically doesn't work as a meal for me it's more of a side if I'm just going to eat a salad I'm still going to be really hungry and not satisfied so you got to set yourself up for success that way that way as well you know making sure that you aren't going to a party hungry and then you know I I haven't been drinking except for the little bit of alcohol I had on our trip And so when I would go to these parties and everyone was drinking, you know, I would just drink water, but maybe put like a slice of lemon in it. Um, I don't really like sparkling like mineral water, but I know a lot of people will do their mocktails, you know, by having a little sparkling water and adding a twist of lemon or lime, you know, you still can get kind of festive that way. But for me, I would just do plain old water or sometimes maybe like, you know, some, iced tea, unsweetened iced tea or something if I felt like I needed, you know, something else. Luckily, I do really, really love water, but I know it can kind of get boring for people. So you kind of jazz it up and, you know, put some fruit in it, which I call my spa water. You know, I love having that in the fridge, especially in the summer. I'll have a pitcher and put, you know, sliced up lemons and cucumber, um, for my spa water, or I might do lime or orange slices, whatever kind of you know experiment. Put different fruit in there, basically sangria but with water. Um, so that's something. If you're hosting to a holiday party, that's just something that you could have because a lot of people enjoy that. Um, you know that kind of thing. Even people that don't really like water like it when it has is more of that spa water. So I do think, you know, being full, coming to a party when you're full is really, really helpful. And another kind of trick I found in the beginning, and this works not just for holidays, but also kind of family get togethers where, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, when our family gets together, we, we mostly don't have a dessert Uh, maybe for, you know, an occasion if it's like a birthday or something. But if we're just having dinner together, you know, there's not a dessert, which is good. But on those cases that it might be a birthday or special celebration where there is dessert, Uh, especially in the beginning, I would just kind of busy myself during that time um, and maybe go into the kitchen if it was my house and start cleaning up the dishes, or even if it's someone else's house, you know, what host doesn't love someone that's helping them clean up and, you know, put away things and start on the dishes. So if I found everyone was kind of, you know, it was dessert time and everyone was sitting and eating, it was really hard for me just to sit there and watch everyone eat it, especially in the beginning. So I would just kind of excuse myself and start cleaning up. And as I got more comfortable and people knew kind of what I was doing, I would even just say, you know, Hey, I'm going to just help clean up. Cause it's hard for me just to sit and watch everyone eat, you know? Um, and, or I might again, make sure there was berries or something else that I could eat, you know, um, you know, some kind of fruit so that I felt, you know, if I wanted to still feel like being social and sit down, I could still have something, but I really have found honestly now, um, I really just don't even crave dessert, you know, before it was such like a part of my daily, um, routine of having even after lunch okay now I need something sweet and after dinner now I need something sweet you know and again that's just another habit that I had a break because you know after a few months of just not doing that I just no longer thought about it after a meal Um, and now I really, even when there is berries or something that I can eat, I just don't even feel like having that. I'm just not hungry for it. And I think before I probably wasn't hungry for it either, but, you know, with most of the sugar binges I was having, hunger really had, you know, was really had nothing to do with it. It was more um, just that addiction, but rarely was it because I was actually truly hungry. And so I really find that after meals, especially if it's one that I'm, you know, eating something that is really nourishing to me, I, and I don't feel deprived. I'm just full. I don't even need something else. So I think you will find that happens in time and in the beginning, If it is hard to sit there, yeah, make sure you have some, you know, a bowl of berries or some apple slices with cinnamon. Um, I know when I did the, I actually haven't made these in a while, um, but when I was doing the whole 30 years ago, I remember someone had told me, you know, kind of a nice little dessert thing to have was uh, cinnamon apples where you would kind of slice up an apple and cook it, like saute it basically in some coconut oil, and sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on top. And that was something that was so yummy. You know, I haven't done that at all this time. But again, I haven't really been looking to replace, you know, dessert. Uh, I've just gotten rid of it. And that was just easier for me, um, just to get rid of it completely. And, you know, before when I've tried to replace things that just didn't work for me because I had eventually would want to have the real thing. Um but everyone, you know, you might be able to handle that differently. So find some things again, especially in the beginning that you can eat so that you don't feel deprived. Um or antisocial and it's always nice when you can bring You know, I I don't know any host that would be offended if you said, oh, do you mind if I bring something? You know, most people love having that. So, you know, either offer to bring something or make sure that you eat beforehand when, you know, when you're attending something like that. Um, So that's what worked, you know, really well for me. And I think just being okay with realizing it is going to be difficult especially that very first holiday or family gathering celebration, because it's different, you know, it's hard to break habits. That's why, you know, there's so many people that continue their bad habits. I mean, if it was easier to break a bad habit, everyone would be able to do it and stick with it. But, you know, I think it's it's really hard. So be gentle with yourself and kind to yourself and just know yeah this is going to be really hard but I can do it and what I told myself too is it's going to get easier every time and that's really been true for me Um, you know my birthday in mid-July was really no problem at all you know we had um, berries and um, I still wanted to it was sweet we put them in like a little cupcake holders so that it looked like you know a, a cupcake of but it was just made out of berries and still put a candle in it so I could blow out my candle and that's I was just thinking about because you know my big 40th birthday is coming up this July and I was just thinking what do I want to do for that and probably the same exact thing some berries or maybe I love peaches like I used to always have peach cobbler for my birthday but maybe I'll just do sliced peaches instead um And really, it did not even bother me at all by the time, you know, starting in January and end of July, by the time it was my birthday, it really wasn't hard for me at all not to have cake. And I just never thought that I would say that, but it really wasn't. It just becomes this new habit that you have. You just don't do it. So it's really not been hard for me at all. And when we go to other birthday celebrations and parties and people offer me dessert, I just say, no, thank you. And as I've gotten, you know, in the beginning I might say, oh no, I'm full. Maybe I'll have some later, you know, so I didn't seem like I was being rude. Um, But now that I'm more comfortable and have been sugar and flour free for 15 months now, is that right? So January was the year, February, March, April. Yeah, 15 months now. Wow. Um, It's just so much easier for me to say, oh, no, I don't eat sugar and flour. So no, thank you. And, you know, just it's, again, so much easier that I've had, you know, multiple times now that I've been in that situation. I just think when you're first doing it, it can be difficult. Difficult. So being prepared is key. And that's why, you know, you might think of saying something like, oh, you know, maybe later. Or you could either say, oh, let me take a piece home for later. I'm just not hungry. And then throw it out. Um, if you think you can handle that, I don't know if I had been able to take a piece home and not eat it. <laughs> so think of, you know, different strategies for navigating, you know, these holidays and parties. Um, and if in the beginning too, it's okay to be a little bit antisocial, you know, you don't have to say yes to everything. If you know that it's going to be a situation that is going to be really tempting for you, just don't go, you know, you don't have to say yes to every single thing, um, I know so many of us have guilt around that and feel like we have to say yes or we don't want to hurt someone's feelings and not go to their birthday dinner or with friends, but it's okay to say no in the beginning. And especially like if you have, you know, a really stressful day or something and you're being really triggered and you just don't think you would be able to go to that party and say no, that, you know, Is the exact time that you say, I'm so sorry, I can't come. You know, we really need to put our health first and not be afraid to do so and not worry so much about how other people are gonna judge us or, you know, be upset with us if we cancel plans or say no to something because really, ultimately, we have to take care of ourselves first. And our health is, should be, you know, our number one priority. And I had a lot of, you know, a hard time kind of accepting that at first because I don't like to disappoint other people. I probably care too much about what other people think about me. So I really don't like to be the person that says no. But now, again, with practice, just like anything, that can get easier and easier and easier. And now that I'm, you know, feeling so much better in so many ways and um, just feeling like I'm alive for the first time in years, it's so much easier now to put my health first. Um, But in the beginning, it was really difficult and I just kind of had to trust that it was important and that I was doing the right thing and I think a lot of times if we just kind of take a moment and are quiet with ourselves and just tune in a little bit to our gut feeling and our intuition you know we really know when we should be saying no you know or um, when we might need kind of to cancel plans because we need to take care of ourselves so Just keep that in mind too. You do not have to say yes to everything. And if you need to be a little bit antisocial in the beginning, you know, that is totally fine until it becomes more and more comfortable. You know, I would say now for the most part, you know, that when I do attend those social situations, it really doesn't trigger me at all as long as, again, I am you know, have something that I can eat that's really satisfying, or if I, you know, ate something beforehand. It is a lot harder for me when I am, when I'm hungry, you know, that that's a trigger for me, as I found out in Italy. So make sure that above all, you're taking care of yourself first. And, you know, we probably all have different holidays that are harder for us. Um, Like I said, Easter, really wasn't that big of a deal even the even the first Easter you know wasn't too hard for me um, and Thanksgiving you know is a no another big holiday for people but my favorite thing has always just been turkey and sweet potatoes and green beans all of which I can eat I've never been a really a big pumpkin pie person I don't really like I don't even really like pie honestly that much so Um, Thanksgiving is a holiday when everyone's sitting around eating, you know, pie that just doesn't bother me. But I do remember at this past Thanksgiving, still just getting up, um, my in-laws hosted and I just started doing the dishes while everyone was sitting around eating pie. Um, so you find, you know, what works for you and just keep in mind what holidays might be harder for you and maybe you know making some alternative plans for holidays that year too it's okay to take a holiday off you know one holiday out of your life to put your health first if that's gonna you know set you up for success Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other holidays that were hard you know you know 4th of July I guess like for some people, 4th of July picnics and stuff can be pretty big or Super Bowl kind of sporting event things. Again, for Super Bowl and, you know, we're not a very big sports family, um, but anything like that, I, again, am happy with the tortilla chips. And I really love to make, you know, guacamole, my own guacamole. So I'll make guacamole and have chips and salsa. And that to me is totally satisfying. Um, so find those treats, if you will, that, you know, don't contain sugar or flour, but still feel like really satisfying to you. Um, And then I'm just trying to think, I know now another hard thing was my, I I think the first time I made a dessert since giving up sugar and flour was for my son's birthday, which wasn't until late September. So again, I had, you know, like nine months or whatever. And I, he really wanted a chocolate cake. And I think, you know, the one time of year I really let them choose what they want is for their birthdays. Cause again, I'm trying to limit their sugar right now, but I also don't want to be overly strict where then they go crazy when they're out of the house and binge on all their friends, parents' foods, you know, cause I know they're going to be in situations that they have to make their own decisions. So My goal is to give them the tools to make their own decision about food um, and just educate them around, you know, paying attention to what, you know, how they feel maybe after eating something that has a lot of sugar in it versus eating like a healthier meal. But when they're so little, again, my kids are only five and three. Um, I do want to limit that as much as possible, Um, I'll limit the sugar. But I think, you know, on their birthdays, I let them pick, you know, what they want to have. And, and my son really wanted to have a, a chocolate cake. So, It was kind of hard, you know, making it. And honestly, it's just like a habit almost just to like lick the spoon or your finger or whatever, you know, and I thought, oh yeah, I can't do that. Like I was really had to keep reminding myself, like just kept washing my hands in between, making sure I accidentally, you know, didn't have something with like icing on it or whatever. Um, But, you know, I just put a lot of love in it, which I think is, you know, the most important ingredient of all. Um, and let him, you know, enjoy it. And then my husband took the leftover to, um, school, to a school so that we didn't have to, you know, again, I didn't want to have to like smell it and look at it every day because, you know, that is hard. And overall, I have to say it's been really wonderful. My husband's been very supportive about, we just don't have the sugary food in the house. You know, we do have stuff like bread and bagels and crackers cuz the kids eat those things. Um, but again, those don't really tempt me as much as having like a chocolate cake in the house or candy would tempt me. And so we just don't have any of that in the house, and it helps us all make you know better decisions and has helped my husband too who has a little bit of a sweet tooth and he still indulges outside of the house but you know even he has seen some health benefits just by not having it in the house and you know again that habit of just reaching for something sweet after a meal Um, we just don't have that option anymore so I think as As much as you can keep things out of the house and if you, you know, make a cake or something, if you can like give it the leftovers away or whatever, um, I know for me that's really helpful just to not have it in the house. My husband also likes to bake cookies and I know that he'll do that. When I'm out of town, sometimes he'll make, you know, a batch of chocolate chip cookies and I'm not in the house to smell it, you know, because I think that too would be really, really difficult. You know, I've come a long way, but I am not a saint. I think I might, you know, if I came home to, you know, that freshly baked chocolate chip oven smell, um, chocolate chip cookies baking in the oven smell, I might completely go off the wagon. So Again, just making, setting yourself up for success, knowing your triggers and trying to avoid them around the holidays and these celebrations is really, really important. And I do think that you'll find it will get easier and easier. I know I kept telling myself that even last Christmas, because I was surprised again, because I've been feeling so good, really not having many cravings. And then to get hit so hard with these cravings was really surprising to me. And I remember just kind of telling myself too, like, this is going to be the hardest year or the hardest yeah, Christmas, because this is the first one. Each one's going to get easier and easier and easier. And just know that in general, you know, that first celebration or holiday is going to be the hardest, but the more you get under your belt, the easier and easier it gets. Even the day one of giving up sugar and flour, then day two, day three, you know, the more and more days that you get under your belt, the easier it is and the... Easier it is to keep going because you all of a sudden have all this history of making these good decisions and putting your health first. You don't want to revert back to that person that you used to be and those feelings that you used to have. You know, I really just feel like I've transformed into this entire new person and I don't want to go back and that's what keeps me going strong and helps me say no during the holidays and other celebrations and it'll be interesting to see how you know next Christmas goes I'm now kind of will be a little more cautious during that time knowing this is more of a trigger for me than I realized and we will probably just make sure to include a lot of extra self-care you know, that month and, you know, maybe set, you know, an extra massage or two up, you know, make sure I'm getting my daily exercise and meditation and just finding some time every day for myself, I think will help set me up for success for next year. So I hope that that helps because I know The whole thought of navigating holidays and celebrations and family gatherings and picnics and Super Bowl parties and everything can just be so overwhelming. Just take it one day at a time and be as prepared as you can. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and remember... Life is so much sweeter without sugar.